Welcome to Modern Figures Podcast, a show where we're elevating the voices of black women in computing to inspire the next generation of the advanced technology workforce. We're your hosts, Dr. Jeremy Waysom and Dr. Kyla McMullen. This podcast is sponsored by the National Center for Women in Information Technology, or NCWIT. NCWIT is a nonprofit organization that convenes, equips, and unites change leader organizations to increase participation of all women in the field of computing. Kyla and I are representatives of the Institute for African American Mentoring and Computing Sciences, or IMCS, which serves as a national resource for Black and African American students, faculty, and industry professionals in computing. Special thanks goes to our listeners who contribute to the podcast by supporting our online store, which you can find at our website, www.modernfigurespodcast.com. All right. Hi, everyone. Today we have Dr. Danae Fort Robinson in the stew with us in the studio. Really? Okay. Mm. Uh, I'm studio. I like the stew. I like that. That was kind of cool. Stew. So if you don't know her, I love her tagline. She says that in all of her things, she uses human computer interaction to understand programming knowledge evaluation and socio-technical ecosystem. So she's going to tell us all about what that means. Okay. <laughs> so right now, she's a senior researcher in the RISE group at Microsoft Research. She's the author of like 10 conference papers. She's done research at Facebook, Microsoft Research, MIT Lincoln Labs. She has a whole PhD in computer science <laughs> with a graduate minor in cognitive science that she obtained at North Carolina State University. City. She's a triple packer, actually. All of her degrees are BS, MS. That sounds a little weird. Yeah, not a little weird this time. Triple packer. <laughs> but she has all her degrees from NC State in computer science with her graduate minor in cognitive science. And she's going to talk to us about just what it's like being her. So, hey, girl. Hey, girl. Hey. hey. <laughs> We're glad you made it all the way from yes. Seattle. Yes, sunny Seattle. Uh-huh. Yes, to sunny Gainesville. The irony right. is that Gainesville's real gray today, y'all. Right. <laughs> super gray. Super, super gray. It's just for her, too. I, I feel welcomed. I received that. I received the warmth. You probably didn't grow up knowing that you wanted to be a senior researcher at Microsoft. So, like, growing up, like, did you have any influences that made you feel like, hey, tech, science, these, these are things that I want to do? Yeah, so I grew up, I would say I didn't really have much of a big tech interest until I went to high school. Mm. So I went to Charles Herbert Flowers High School, which Flowers. is in Prince George's County, Maryland. Oh, that's why she had a response. I was like, what? <laughs> they took like all the best teachers from Oxon Hill they and did. Roosevelt, the two rival science and tech schools, and then made this brand new yeah. school and said, forget well. all the rest of you. <laughs> so We're for- just going to start over. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> For background, so three in that county, there's three science and tech schools. Kyla went to one, Oxon Hill, right? Mm-hmm. And the other, Roosevelt's the other one, and Flowers, the newer of the ones. Um, so there, I was in the science and technology program where um, we learned a lot about C and Java. I learned a lot about programming languages there, like, like coding there. Mm-hmm. And uh, at the time, it was very um, impactful. Like, we were learning about MySpace and Marquis and things like that. And MySpace was popping. Like, I could right. put music on my page. <laughs> and I could do little ASCII character figures. It was mm-hmm. so cool. Um, and for me, I was like, it, it kind of just felt natural. It felt like a fun thing to do. Um, towards, like, the senior year, like, I worked on this app for my research practicum project. So we also had research projects as well. People oh. were doing internships with people, like, in industry yep. um, nearby. 
Um, and mine is about helping active investors uh, identify properties. So I had like an app. It was like called for BlackBerry or something like that to help active <laughs> investors. And I got like first That's place hilarious. in like the Aww, competition. That's awesome. So I was like, oh, I didn't know I did all this. I didn't know that was that cool. But um, it was really exciting to just see that I could build something that could that everyone could use mm-hmm. and that I could show to my friends. Like I could, it was cool at the time. So um, I mean. It's nerdy, but it's cool too. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, Marky's music right. on the page on MySpace. I know, right. MySpace and Black Planet code. Hey, I was killing it. I had music it. on my page too. Yep. I mean, okay. We Did you put Marky? Did you put your HTML on there? Mm-hmm. I was like super Heck into yeah. it. I don't know what was going on with me. <laughs> I told you, I took I took JavaScript when I was in middle school. Yeah, nice. I was a weird human. Yeah, but coding was not. No, I like people way too much. <laughs> But you can show and you at can the do time, both with the code. I know now that I can do both. <laughs> right. But at the time, that was really the only thing that we saw, right? Yeah. Like yeah. that people who coded were isolated in a room with a bunch of other people who were just like laser focused on their keyboard yeah. and their computer. And that was it. Yeah. That was it. I guess I would say for me, like my high school was not like my class was not like that. My my whole my high school, my research practicum, my AP computer science class was full of kids looked just like me. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't anything out of the norm. Yeah, it was like hey. So we were like cut up in class and then have to get like the projects done. Oh right. You know, like she'd be like, "Oop, y'all tried it. I got it. Y'all can play." It's like she'll be chill some days and be like, "Actually, no. I'm mm-hmm. you're not about to embarrass me." Mm-hmm. Right. Um, That's so funny. And it was kind of cool to see the duality. My teacher was a black woman for my AP computer science class. Wow. Wow. Like most of my teachers, I probably had one my Sikh teacher that was a white man all my others were black wow okay so you were just in an abnormal environment right they recruited the right teachers it was normal yeah, i thought it was normal, thought it was normal. Yeah. and then i got to college and i was like oh <laughs> <laughs> okay and i was like college in the south right so yeah. coming from maryland oh, yeah. which is still below the mason dixon line no, but it's not mm, considered the not south. it's very different yeah. it's we just don't, very we different don't claim, y'all. it's okay <laughs> People don't claim Florida either, but guess yeah. what? My yeah. whole family's from Mississippi, so y'all can't Ooh. try me. <laughs> okay, you from real deep south. south. Real. Yeah. Deep Real. South. Mississippi. Right, correct. And my S-S. I-S-S. Anyways, this isn't about me. So... Um, but yeah, so I came to NC State for undergrad. It was a big... It was a shock a little bit to me. Honestly, like... I don't know. We might need to edit this part. I didn't like. I've never been around so many white people mm. my whole I life. Mean, that's, that's true. Fine. And like, I like, I didn't yeah. recognize. Like, I like, I didn't see people. I didn't. They were all. They all. I couldn't tell differences at first for me. It was really hard. And then I started having like I had classes with people, so you start to form bonds. But yeah. for me, I was like, this is just. It was very overwhelming for me. That's so I really interesting because. So like my experience is opposite, right? Mm. Like where like I spent almost all of my time around people who didn't look like me. Mm-hmm. And when I got to college, I was like, there's tons of black people here. <laughs> like, you guys don't know how bad it could be. <laughs> and there are people like complaining yeah. about how few black people. And I was like, y'all don't understand. Right. I've made it. Like I found right. us. This is Wakanda. <laughs> I, mean, look, I didn't have that language back right. then, but yes, that's <laughs> how I felt. Like I felt like I finally have community and I don't have to like, Go search for it. Right. But yeah. I'm sure you felt like, where we at and right. how do I find us? Yes. Yeah, PG to NC State. That was a big yeah. Yeah, difference. So for me, I was also, while I was at NC State for undergrad, I was on the track team. 
So mm-hmm. I was like NCAA V like D one varsity okay. track team. Wow. Um, and so what was your uh, event? So I ran four hundreds, two hundreds, a lot of four by fours. I in high school I ran eight hundreds in cross countries, oh. but they mm-hmm. put me back to a long sprinter. A so, long sprinter. And I got to college, so. And you did all that with computer science as your major. Yes, ma'am. Did, <laughs> did you win anything? <laughs> <laughs> I got my fellowships, my scholarships. Okay, though. Right. She she won, I want she some won I got some scholarships. Okay. Right. I got my scholarship student okay. athlete. Right. Um, but yeah, I did win a couple of races. But actually, at one point, I was number. I was ninth in the ACC oh, for the wow. four hundred at the, at the championship meet. That was you know. That's but amazing. I w- yeah. Though that was, I mean, that was like a one-off situation. <laughs> some people didn't run that race that day. I was looking for them. <laughs> like some people call out. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, oh, they let me. You had to tell us that. I was ranked for one day. Y'all can cut that out. Exactly. Cut that out. <laughs> but um, well, I'm keeping that. Oh yeah, keeping that. <laughs> but um, but yeah. So for me, like, I my tribe was my athletic community. I actually had a lot of even in my computer science classes. There were some people in my track team who were also black. Well, one person was black. And uh, they were in computer science class. I had swimmers who were white who were on my, in computer science classes. Now, they weren't, the the swimmers weren't doing as well. The track oh, people were killing it, though. Well. Um, and there was another another basketball player who was, like, an amazing, a women's basketball player. It's a black mm-hmm. woman. She was killing it. And she was also killing in the computer science classes. That's awesome. And so I had, like, a lot of explicit mentorship and, like, implicit mentorship where I would, like, ask them, like, oh, I got these bugs in my code. Can you help me out with this? Mm-hmm. Or are you taking this class before? Like, what? Maybe I'm missing something. I'm not, like, not doing this right. So we would they would help me. That's um, so cute. Little so, scholar-athlete. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Scholar-athlete community. <laughs> <little nerdy> ones. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. Yeah. But I found, like, that was actually a main reason I stayed at NC State. Mm. Um, I found... The community was important to me, and I knew that I, after I did undergraduate research, I knew somebody encouraged me to do the PhD program, and I knew like I, so many things were going to change for me. I, I was like, this was different, and I needed something to stay the same. Mm-hmm. So I stayed at NC State. Um, so I did apply a, little, a couple other places for masters and things like that, um, including NC State for a masters. And then one of my advisors my research advisor girl this sounds like my life she was like um Danae I saw your application like she's writing a rec letter for me she was like Danae I saw your application um I noticed that it said masters you right. that was actually you might want to switch that to write like, PhD. Right. right right and I was like no ma'am wait was this like after class too like you just left <laughs> class and then they just pull you aside like hmm. luckily that semester I did not have a class with her she, okay. <laughs> she um, emailed me. me that's so funny I was like so I probably could pull up the receipt somewhere too like <laughs> I was like, um, no, um, I appreciate you believing in me, but I'm just gonna change. Who's gonna get my master's? Yeah, I'll get my master's and we'll play from here by there. Um, but I ended up switching, like, at NC State, I couldn't have both that master's in, I did, like, analytics, MSA, the mm-hmm. master's in analytics program, and then there was a master's in computer science program. Mm-hmm. Because they're related, I couldn't have two master's applications there, and so I switched one oh. to PhD. So I switched my PhD one, oh, I mean, wow. the computer science one to PhD. <laughs> Okay. Wow. Um, I applied to a lot of master's programs. Well, not a lot, but more than just NC State. But the fact that that's the only one I applied to for a PhD, actually. Because I I had to. Like, they made me switch. Nobody nobody was (laughs) trying to let that happen. Yeah, so I stayed. (laughs) Um, So I stayed. And I did not work with that person uh, afterwards, because they left the university. Oh, same. Um, Yeah. Interesting. (laughs) It's like, you you made me switch, but you left. So they got you there, and they said, okay, bye. But I definitely consider that person still a mentor. I think I have a lot of, like, just... There's like mentors and sponsors, you know. Yeah. There's a difference, and I feel like there's definitely people who like if I needed if I needed them, like they would definitely be able to help. And even them just doing their work, being as awesome as they are, 
are just guiding lights for me. So you kind of just fell into this whole PhD thing. <laughs> so you said that you did research on the undergrad level. And you she were like, ain't fallen to it. She tried to escape. Right. Yeah, it kept finding me. It kept finding me for real. That's hilarious. So what what was grad school like for you? Like, was yeah. it challenging? Was it? Yeah, tell us about was it. Was it fun? Yeah, it was. It was all the things. It was mostly mm. mostly challenging. I don't know if everyone. Anyone, does anyone say fun for real? Some I guess it's fun if you have experience. if you have a good network. Some people love grad school. Grad school yeah. was cool. I guess grad, I guess grad school was fun. It had fun parts. Right. Um, so for me, grad school was it wasn't as much as a downer as I hear like some people's stories. Like I think it's also attributes of like my advisor. Mm-hmm. Um. So I was his first PhD student. Wow. Um, so he like came in like technically hasn't technically I don't think he even defended yet. Like he. Whoa. Yeah. But, but you know how you start faculty with the yeah. you wait to like do your actual defense yeah, yeah. So, oh my god um but so yeah so i think it helped that he was new to the university i had been there for a while so i knew like logistic how like who to talk to about certain things but he had just came out you know he just came out and actually came out of the phd program and then also went into the faculty so he had a lot of like leadership mentorship skills mm-hmm. um like knew what worked for him knew what didn't work and uh i found that helpful great. Yeah. So how did you find your... Oh, I was going to say, it's great because yeah. some people don't know who they are, right? Yeah. And yeah. then it takes them a while to figure that out. Yeah. And I think that people have to figure out their mentorship styles, too. And I think he did a lot of that with, you know, it's going to be different. The same way if you raise children, you got to figure out your kids going to need different things. like, And your students mm-hmm. are going to need different things, too. Some people have different types of, like, motivations. Mm-hmm. Um, and things that motivate them. things The way you talk to them. They may... People have tough skin. Some have... Well, that's nice of him to recognize that. Because some people are like, this is who I am. And if you don't like who I am, deal with it. My advisor's definitely that. He's definitely like, he knows there's different ways to handle people. Mm -hmm. Um, Have you seen his mentorship style like change since you started versus when you're now that you're done? No, I guess towards the end of my internship, towards the end of my time there, I seen how he like managed different students for me. And like, Mm. you gotta expect these things from them. And he's like, (laughs) he's like, they, they're doing their own thing. I was like, I was like, all right, you you came to me. (laughs) But I mean, I guess it also was part of like, he did it because of my personality, right? Mm -hmm. If if that's what motivated me to get things done, then that's what helped me get things done. Yeah, that's really cool. So outside of him, I know that you had a whole bunch of other people supporting you. So you mentioned sponsors are different than Mm, coaches, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which is different than your advisor. Okay. So I would say, okay, so my advisor, I would say he was not, when I say he had different mentorship styles, he mentored people. Mm -hmm. I would say he was more of a sponsor for me. Okay. Um, I think he had mentorship qualities that, like kind of poured into his advising style, but he was advocating for me in rooms that um, that I wasn't in, and, and that's so important. And I could, it came, it became very clear to me later when I would hear him like, "Oh, I met Chris, and he talked about these things," and I was like, "Oh, wow!" I was like, "I didn't." He's not. We don't have similar personalities, so it's kind of like, <laughs> I guess sometimes you wouldn't I, expect that. Yeah, to come from him. yeah. yeah. And, or you know, you have your advisor here, like, does he even like really? Do they like my work? Do right. they hate me as a person? Because I missed on this one you thing. You would know. Yeah, you um, would know. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. but, uh, but it worked out, and I, I'm thankful for that. I'm very thankful for that, actually. That's cool. Because um, it allowed me to get a better idea of what it would look like when I mentor students. So I'm at Microsoft mm. now. When I have interns, like, what does it look like for my advising style? Or even when I was crafting my research statement mm-hmm. and, like, 
a diversity, equity, inclusion statement and teaching statement. Like what, what would it look like for me to run my own lab? Do you need to have all like for me to be a senior researcher, like a super senior researcher, like a partner and have all these people report to me? How do I support them? How do I enable them? How do I get them to de- think deeper about the research question that they're working on? I like the fact that you had a good model of mentorships. A lot of people try to replicate toxic models. And mm. end up just pissing everybody off. And they're like, well, if I went through this, this is what everyone else has to go through mm-hmm. versus how about we break the cycle? How about we act like humans? Mm. Yeah. I'm like, I, now, I don't know what it's going to look like when I actually do it now. <laughs> <laughs> so my interns aren't coming. My interns not coming until the summer. Um, but I have like undergraduate researchers. Like I've worked like I have that I had to oh, advise. Yeah. So I like tried yeah. to take those experiences and like. Hopefully translate, but we'll see. Save the babies. Yes, trying to save all the babies. <laughs> <laughs> I can't with you. <laughs> so some people, when they hear the word sponsor, they think of money, mm. right? And so let's transition to money because I heard you have all the money. <laughs> right, all of the money. <laughs> yes, all. So <laughs> so you mean like the fellowships and uh-huh. grants and things like that. Yeah. Um. So yes, I um, throughout my PhD, I had like the GEM Fellowship. What is it? The NSF Graduate Research Fellowship, mm-hmm. Microsoft PhD Fellowship. I've applied for others, um, but I just didn't get them. Like the, you had to like defer stuff because you had too much money, and they wouldn't <laughs> let you stack it on top of each other. I had other. to defer NSF, so I just there's oh, wow. NSF money that I never got to touch. Wow. I've only touched wow. one year of one year, maybe two years of it, and I was like three. I think I only touched one year. Honestly, I don't even think I touched two. Mm, um, that's quite a bit of money. Wait, you, I wish I could you like mean pass people it paying for PhDs out here. Oh my god, what? yes, girl. See, some people have the misconception that oh, PhD that means more school, more student loans. Yes. But clearly, if you have to start turning down money, yeah. So why did you choose the <laughs> money you chose? Oh, yes. okay. So I applied. So so I mentioned I was my advisor for a student. Mm-hmm. That means that man ain't got no money. <laughs> so um, so there's the the advantage for me <laughs> of doing it is that. He got, you know, I'm, I'm funded now, yeah. right? But also for, um, it's a practice for me because he, when we talk, when I first uh, decided to go with an advisor for him, you know, I tell him my goals. Like, what are my goals for the end of the PhD? And I was like, I'm still up in the air, but faculty, like type of research is important. Academic research is important to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was like, oh, if you want to do this on the next level, you got to be able to do it now, right? So, and it was nice in uh, practice for that. So I went with the money from, so let's see, Gem Fellowship happened first. I found out about the Gem Fellowship through another internship, through, through an internship that mm-hmm. I had as an undergraduate. Cool. Um, and I knew at my internship there were a bunch of interns who were Gem Fellows. And I was like, mm-hmm. they were so dope. And they were masters, mostly masters, a couple of PhDs. And I was like, where are all you black and brown people getting this money from? <laughs> you, and that's when I, that's actually the first time I found out that I can get paid to go to grad school. Oh, Yes, get paid because there's yeah. a stipend. There's a stipend as well. Yes. Yeah. Listen to tuition. You get a stipend. Yeah. They figure out your tuition stuff. Yeah. And then they also organize internships for you. So, like you're yes. selected by yeah, a company. Yes, that's mm-hmm. exactly And then how you get Jen to worked. intern at those companies. Yep. And when they told me that, I was like, I went through a career fair. Like they're like, yeah. oh, yeah, we did that too. But like there was also a matching process mm-hmm. and I could, you know, like, they work pick with all you. these companies. They want you. Yeah, they pick you. Yeah. And uh, that was like my sophomore. That was at Lexmark International. Mm-hmm. That had to be like. My oh, second. Lexmark was your company. No, no, oh, Lexmark. Was, I was there as an intern. Was, oh, intern. where you were interning. But there were a bunch of gems there, <laughs> and which is how I found out it even That's existed. So crazy. Who was your gem company? Um, MIT Lincoln. Okay. So the first summer I went, yeah, the first summer I went to Lincoln, which is the summer before my PhD, or maybe yeah, summer <laughs> right before my PhD. Mm-hmm. Um, that's when I actually that's when I went as a gem. 
That's cool. So, yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. And yeah. the Gem Consortium is one of the like longest standing minority doctoral scholars programs in the country. Yeah. Yeah. And they, they also have a conference. They too. have a they conference. Do. They do. And they go around the country giving these gym grad labs to mm-hmm. talk about graduate school, help prepare students, but then also like tell them about what, what they do. Yeah. So. so it's pretty dope. I actually made some really like lifelong friends like Aww, from there. That's cool. Um, p- people I found out later on like were gem fellows. I was like you're a gem fellow. Like oh, you're like a little secret fan. Yeah, like, right. oh, Okay. Yeah, yeah. I was gem with um, IBM. They didn't yeah. want me. Yeah. Civil engineers. It was hard back yeah. back in the day. It's better now. They they worked on getting more companies for us, yeah. but uh, that's the issue. Is yeah. you got to have company support. Yeah. yeah. And I wasn't trying companies. to work at the gas oil and gas industry they had a lot of oil and gas on that list Mm -hmm. yeah anyways Hmm. they had a lot of options wow so then you you didn't have gym forever because gym doesn't necessarily cover your entire graduate education so the first year actually after i i joined the phd program i had the gym fellowship and then um, I applied for like a bunch of fellowships Mm -hmm. (laughs) like there was like a microsoft research like women's scholarship but didn't get that um, at first, and then I there was like this. Uh, I applied for a Facebook one. I applied for like my first year in grad school. I applied for like all the things and the NSF. Mm-hmm. For, and, none of, uh, and then the only one that resulted from that was the NSF okay. at the time. Wow. Um, and then the later on, I found out about Microsoft um, research that happened my after my second year. I think I found out about that one. And NSF is like thirty four thousand dollars, like some yeah. ridiculous. It's thirty four thousand dollars now. Yes. Yes. yes, it wasn't thirty four thousand. It was just, it was like twenty eight. I'm, I'm just saying right now. Right, right, right now. Right now. Yeah, it's, it's more. It's more. Yeah. And depending on it, de- it depends on where you go to, like how they yes. break it down. So like each. It depends on where you go. Yeah, and it depends but, on like tuition and yeah, things like that yeah. too. It's but also prestigious. It's very prestigious because yes. you have to write a research statement. Yes, so it's it, great practice for me to think about like what I wanted to work on and like yeah. have paper. So in order to do that, you got to think about the papers you have in the pipeline, or like you have to be doing active research yeah. to be able to talk about it in depth. Hopefully, um, hopefully, <laughs> or you have an idea of what you might want to do. Right. I found it to be easier. So I applied in this stuff the first year and about some project I had an idea about and it was way and I did not get it it was too abstract it was mm-hmm. very abstract but you just even looking at my materials um and the second year I worked, talked about something that I already had the publication and submission for and oh, at least good. I could talk at least it was in pro, it was in progress at the point and I and I could talk about it more in depth and talk more about the broader implications and the impact of the work and I found yeah. that a lot of the fellowships went in a combination of being clear about your broader impact plus being able to dive deep into the weeds into like interventions and mechanisms for you're trying to work on so uh, you had lots of different independent funding sources Mm -hmm. apart from like a grant or something that your advisor had so eventually your advisor did get funding i would hope yeah 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 he definitely got money like (laughs) for the first years kind of like yeah so what do you what was your can you tell if there was any difference in your experience as opposed to a student that was on a funded project for your advisor or did their advisor do a pretty good job of making sure everyone had the same experience um i think i I didn't notice any differences between other students and their projects um i do feel like i had a little bit more flexibility going in period Mm -hmm. um and that flexibility was like obviously guided a little bit by my advisor like oh let's do this is the thing that you can focus on and get done and be out of here on, yeah. right? Like, we definitely had conversations like that. I was definitely one of the students who was like, oh, that's shiny. Ooh, let's do that. Mm-hmm. He was like, well, how do they tie together? Mm-hmm. Right. If like, you're trying to get out, yeah. how does that? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, and I appreciate like that, that being able to see that. 
Um, so between other myself and other students, I didn't really notice any differences. I think right now they're all kind of like, he's making sure that they're on a straight and narrow path earlier on. Mm-hmm. I think that's what happens. Uh, mine was, I did like stuff with frustration at first. And then I did a lot with eye movements. I did some tech interview things on the side. Um, like eye movements for technical interviews. <laughs> and like, we were, we were all, and now I'm doing eye movements for like identity based signals on GitHub, right? Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like all over. Um, but I think that was also like my personality. And I get some people need a little bit more guidance. Um, like they don't, because they don't have a hard time identifying projects that or coming up with research questions or coming up with something that will be cool and fundable and something that can keep them busy for a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So I feel like that's maybe maybe he poured into other students a little bit more of that. Like he'll hand on um, a project where I had ideas and I just needed to work on executing. That's really cool. Yeah. I know like a lot of faculty won't do that. Like let you have autonomy in that yeah. way. Yeah. And that's one thing that's like different for me mm-hmm. coming out of my PhD and now being a postdoctoral associate. It's like, wow, all the thoughts that I had about <laughs> things that I could do, mm-hmm. I can do those things. Yes. And since Juan has all the money, I actually <laughs> have support to do the things. Yes. Right? Yes. So that's really cool. So your research ended up being what? I mean, you have socio-technical ecosystems yes. i have no idea what that means yeah yes okay. so expound on that yes so socio-technical ecosystems you can think of these as communities online communities okay. so wikipedia is a online community a knowledge sharing community where people can collaboratively share their knowledge on a document mm-hmm. okay right but like where it's now archived mm-hmm. so my work is focusing on the socio-technical ecosystems for programmers and what hmm. they use so I focus on like communities like Stack Overflow. I was gonna say Stack GitHub, Overflow, yeah. Right? That's um, cool. There's like R Studio, there's Kaggle, right? There's like mm-hmm. places that people go. Um and my work is mostly on the resources that programmers use, mm-hmm. how they can muster up enough courage to contribute, what inhibits their participation, um, what what mechanisms are on the platform that we can build or revise to to provide that. So like the official title of my dissertation may be identity based signals. Using identity-based signals in e-mentorship to support uh, programming engagement in online communities or online programming engagement, whatever. Um, Interesting. So, so what is an identity-based signal? Ooh, That's okay. what I was wondering. Yes. So identity-based signals, um, so there's the way I kind of break it up is like there's social barriers and there's cognitive barriers. Mm-hmm. And the social barriers kind of result around these projections of how people perceive your identity. And that could be the one that, well, the one I primarily focus on for my dissertation was gender. Um, mm-hmm. But there's other uh, signals such as well. My country, where I'm, where I'm from, mm-hmm. you can, like on communities like GitHub, they list like your country underneath here if you fill oh. it in as a user. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. Um, these are signals to people for how sometimes they engage with you. So think of all you meet somebody on the street, you don't know them, but you're you're looking at them, right? You're trying to figure out how do you're trying to make the connection in some way. How do you feel like you can relate to feel mm-hmm. more comfortable interacting with this person to ease whatever awkward tension may be there. I'm fine. If you're human, I will talk to you. Right. Human. That's another thing. Being able to identify people as a human. Mm. So that was one of my projects uh, where we had identifiable women and identifiable men and um, an un- unidentifiable person because mm-hmm. they have like the, the default avatar in GitHub. Yeah. Um, and being able to figure out like how people are evaluating their technical contribution of code. So contributing code um, and how they how they decide or how they remember or recall what signals they're using, how they're actually using them and which ones they're really using. Hmm. So we're finding that most people 
whether or not they're ready to report that or not, are all using social signals. Um, <laughs> I mean, you think about like images. bots, you yeah. know, yes. like bots that are just like embedded somewhere and like discerning whether it's actually a person behind that screen. That's or... an emerging. So when I told you guys I went to Germany the other day, it was a bots and software engineering workshop, actually. Wow. So it's becoming, I mean, because you use, I mean, you see them on like, phone site so maybe you go yeah. pay your phone bill and mm-hmm. AT&T pops up a little bot that says you need so some help annoying. with this and it's like are you a real human are you like, asking me operator. things operator zero pound star <laughs> hello um, <laughs> but um so that's an emerging thing so actually one of my projects in my dissertation was with Stack Overflow we had an e-mentorship program mm-hmm. so I collaborate with Stack Overflow wow. um, on my project that's um, amazing. So one of their first researchers actually. That um, is cool. So and I can talk about that if it's yeah, interesting. Yeah, I want to know what you found out. Like, because yeah. these are places where, like, I read Stack Overflow, yes. but I don't write Nobody there because I feel like it's super toxic sometimes. Yes. They're like, no dummy. I'm like, whoa! Yeah. I just asked, what is this? Yes. So like <laughs> reputation. So identity signals in that context would be like identifiable avatar image mm-hmm. um how you speak which programming languages you're using which may be like or your tags are on your profile that's a technical signal mm-hmm. but like a social signal would be like how many reputation points you have yeah on github is like how many people are following you yeah how many badges do you have right mm-hmm. these are social signals that we use to um identify um not meritocracy but worth and value I mean, in these I mean, systems yeah, it, it is a meritocracy yeah. in some sense right? allegedly but that's the point allegedly they're meritocracies but right. we're focusing on who, who else likes them yeah. Who else follows mm-hmm. them? Who else favors them? Then we need to we need to make that clear. Um, and we need if we're going to if we're going to use those signals, if that's fine, if developers are using them, which they are, mm-hmm. um, we need to make it clear that that's going to create bias on people are engaging in these places and yeah. reduce the likelihood of experts in offline spaces like engaging new, online. If I'm new to the space and I don't have this alleged credibility, right. but I'm credible outside of the space. Yes. Yeah. I don't know that I would want to engage. Exactly. There's also um, in the open source community, Mm -hmm. like pull requests. So Mm -hmm. you pull and you ask, hey, can I contribute to this? And newbies don't usually get their new their pull request honor but you know the more yes. you have but there people have made whole websites just for new people like hey pull something from here right. we will let you instructions contribute. on how to onboard newcomers mm-hmm. yeah so what were some cool things you found out in like stack overflow i'm like yes. dying to know so like the first initial project was identifying the barriers that women have to contributing mm-hmm. um so we identified these barriers stack overflow got women with the work um we messaged jeff atwood who was like the founder of stack overflow the co-founder mm-hmm. um and like you know he tweets about the work so i'm like oh that's so cool and he connected <laughs> us i mean through various mediums we were able to get connected with the researcher um and we conducted this stack overflow mentorship program mm-hmm. which essentially maybe in a coaching program this is why our coaching mentorship sponsorship is kind of interesting um where we had human novices get help by human mentors so we had over seventy thousand novices enter this help room whoa um it was over wow. a 30-day period uh, now, many novices dropped out because the many novices entered the room and then left mm-hmm. because they were, I mean, they're expected to just peek and see what's happening yeah. Yeah. Just being because they've had negative experiences on the platform before. So who could blame them? They're just because yeah. the, the modem says or the modal said, um, we see you drafted a question. We'd like to see if you can get help. Well, would you like help from an expert on your question um, on how to post your question? Um, but in that experience, so we had like over 500 novices actually engage in the help room. Um, and from their questions, we were compared to questions or compared to other novices, mm-hmm. um, which is less than 15 points or had like three questions upvoted, which is five times three. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this to be clear, like this, because that was always a question yeah. people had about the work. Um, 
And we saw that novices had a 50% increase who participated in the program had a 50% increase in score on average. So score is how the community receives your question, right? They upvote mm-hmm. your, your question. So they're increasing their social capital by asking for help. Like right, but by, by getting help, yeah, by crafting what the help looks like, right? Mm. But it's kind of cool because it's like expert users, allegedly, and these could be allegedly the same people who could be saying, your question doesn't belong here, and mm-hmm. delete that. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but I think creating a safe space for novices to be vulnerable and ask for, like they're already asking for help, but they know Sackofo's already toxic, so they've already over they've already overcome the barrier of, the fear of posting. Yeah. Um, and the fact that they've gone the extra step to say, oh, there is a safe space where I can get help so I can even ask a question that can be well-received by the community. Um, it was cool. It was interesting to see how that safe space actually, or this even this markup of the safe space, this, allu- this I don't want to say illusion because it was real, mm-hmm. um, but how it helped. But it was like a controlled, it was a controlled environment. Moderated. Yeah. yeah. Moderated in a different way, like marked as a place to help you at get better help on your questions that's so. really cool so um it sounds like you had a deep relationship with stack overflow yeah um but we ain't talk about other things that you had relationships with like, ooh, ooh. like people <laughs> um, <laughs> so uh you got married recently, not too long ago. Yes. I guess you're still considered a newlywed. Yes, people keep, the old folks keep telling me. They were like, oh, look at them. They've been married for a year. And they'd be like, I've been married for 65. Right. <laughs> like, dang. Yeah. yeah. I don't know why that's a thing, but that apparently thing. it is. Yeah. Uh, so when did y'all meet? Did you meet in grad school? No, we met in undergrad. Oh, wow. My, actually, technically, we met on the first day. There's like an African-American symposium. Mm-hmm. Um, and we already had our track symposium thing, our athlete symposium. Mm-hmm. And this guy in the back had like a book bag on that was like the Nationals track book bag, like the track and field Nationals book bag. And I was like, how you got this book bag on? But he wasn't at the track meeting. Ooh. If he got the Nationals book bag, he must be fast. Right. But he too slow to be on the track team. Wow. Um, but <laughs> got this National book bag, but, but can't run on the track. But you can't run on the track. What's wrong with you? You're going to make grades? Wow, wow, wow. Um, I hope you didn't walk up to him and say that. I mean, Those pretty much. Those were the thoughts in her head. I mean, I think I kind of did say, like. Oh, never mind. Because, <laughs> um, but, uh, so, yeah, so when we, we had, like, symposium, and then we chatted at symposium, and then. Um, didn't see him for a while until like, maybe at one track meet for like five seconds because he was, ended up being on the club track team. But we had a oh. computer science class together. So super nerdy love. Oh, wow. Right? <laughs> so we had like our Java programming two class. So when we started doing like object-oriented programming and all those things. Um, and like I passed him a note in the class and I'm saying, how's the weather? <laughs> And he was like, what the? <laughs> what the, huh? Um, and um, you literally sent him. Yeah, a he, he piece never of remembers paper. his reply. He didn't, he always like leaves me out to dry and make me look like I was a one sided thing. And I was like, you were talking to me too, bro. Like, right. um, so I was, like that day, I didn't see, sit with my athlete friends. I did not sit with them. I sat oh. like on the other row where he was at oh. and I passed him a note. Okay. Um, so, or like, yeah, so. <laughs> That's and then we've so we've been so then we had a psych class together like a psychology one on one funny thing the same teacher we had that class with ended up being on my PhD committee wow and remembered me wow. like remembered my name like I took a class with him in grad school and he was like Danae Ford that sounds familiar and I was like oh crap he remembered me <laughs> I was like I mean I got an A in that class for yeah. undergrad but I was like that was like four years ago bro what are right. you talking about um 
Yeah, Chris Mayhorn. He's on my he was on my committee. But he was a really cool dude. Um, Ryan was in that class too, and so we started dating after that class. There's like Aww. a whole like sweet love story, like he okay. has to be his girlfriend in French, and I was like, "What you?" I had a Google Translate. I was like, "What does this mean?" And now we dating, Aww. and now we're married. So y'all use technology <laughs> to start dating. That's whole nerdy. If we are, we next level nerds for real, really? for real. Okay, I got like, like nerd what, tattoos what on me. You? Okay. <laughs> I do have like like on my side like it says "Be Bold," like. It's like the bold HTML tags and the oh, bumblebee in the middle of it. That's awesome. Like, that's like a really. I mean, he doesn't have one like that. Beautiful. I have. That's like okay. my bestie. <laughs> I love it. But um, so yeah, <laughs> full fledged. I've learned so much. <laughs> that is hilarious. People. Yeah. yeah. So it's kind of cool. So um, is he a computer scientist? So no. So after that class, I'll tell you about this guy, y'all. He <laughs> after that class, we had that class together, and like his. His dad was like a computer scientist and all that stuff. Okay, oh, um, that's, that's cool. And yeah. um, after that class, he was like, "Actually, I don't want to do this anymore. Mm-hmm. Peace out." And then went to information systems, where he's still doing databases, but from a different angle. Mm-hmm. I'm like, "Sir, I'm confused." Like, but still in tech. Still in tech, like still. So he's technically a network engineer right now. Um, so he still works for East Coast companies while like works remotely while in Seattle. Oh, so, yeah, flexibility. You yeah. gotta love that. So we've been married since. October of last year. Dag, it's been October twenty eighteen. Yes. Yeah. October twenty eighteen. Isn't your your anniversary the thirteenth, right? It is the thirteenth. Yeah, we're girl. anniversary twins. Yeah, we did notice that. Yep. <laughs> yep. Anniversary twins. October is a great time of year to get married, man. I'm telling you. It's great. This is like I nice got married crisp. in May. Oh, with the hot human great. people? It was great. Hot. <laughs> <laughs> Code word for hot, hot. Anyways, <laughs> sweaty. I mean, October in Florida is not cold either. So, right. So after you finish your your um, degree, mm-hmm. so then you know both of you were probably trying to figure out the next move. Yes. So how Ooh. did how did you end up where you were? Like what what was that like? How did you decide? Because he's been working. Yeah, right. he's been working. He was a whole works. working professional. A whole professional. Like basically, I was a little sugar baby. Right. It was a whole. <laughs> You may want to chop that out because that's. But y'all married now, it's fine. Right. Yes, um, but yes, yeah, so right, sugar babies don't get married to them. You they know, just that, use them. This hey. actually explains a lot because we used to see Danae stuff, and she looked fabulous. real fabulous for a PhD you? student. Oh my! No, it's the funding. Hair I was getting paid. Nails. Done. Honestly, that was the internship Outfits monies. That was the internship monies. So y'all, Facebook money, y'all listening. MSR money. Honestly, that go. was the whole thing we didn't even talk about. I had interned every year in grad school. Oh, you were stacked. Or every year in undergrad. And then I probably interned every year except for like the last year before I defended. And then I so taught. So you were a fake sugar baby then. See? Yeah. Okay. She was yeah, sugar okay. baby. You didn't you need the sugar daddy. But I had some sugar though, so it's cool. Okay. Right. Okay. <laughs> All right. That's fine. Okay. Oh, shout okay. out to Ryan. So what, you, what did you just ask? Oh, no, I was just asking, oh. like, okay, so he was a whole working professional, yes, yes. and you finish, and it's like, okay, what next? So how? What was that process of figuring yes. out the next step? So when I, so after the PhD, or when I went on the job market, we were we had a very open. We were very open about wherever um, that I wanted to go. Like I asked Ryan, we had to like Aww, sit down. We were that's like, awesome. um, you know, what are our restraints? And I'm like, well, we're flexible. Like the we had places on the top of our list for like places to live. Seattle mm-hmm. was at the top of the list. Wow. At the time, MSR, okay, I interned there and we loved it. He, he came out there to see me a couple of times. Loved it. Wow. And no, we no, also I came in the beautiful summer. So you got to come through in the summertime. Oh, I was there. Oh, you <laughs> came on the wrong day. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I will say that it is beautiful. It yes. is beautiful. It is beautiful. 
Yeah. That's that's where it ends for me. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. We still like the food we, is great. Yeah, we still love it actually. Like we still love Seattle. Like if you I know it's where like do you season. live? I live in don't, the don't city. Talk, don't. Oh wait. Okay. I live in the city, like South Seattle. Oh no. Nice. Oh. And I commute like twenty y'all enough minutes. Like no, we got we got two people. And no kids. Works. Yes. Yeah. There's like a whole. Exactly. There's like a whole like alias listener. There's like income, no, no kids. kids. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. But I want a house, so I'm gonna have to move soon. So. <laughs> yeah. Um. But what was I gonna say? Oh, so the job market. We were flexible about where we wanted to go. Like I literally applied like literally all over, even outside the U.S. Like places mm-hmm. in Canada. Heck, I applied to a place in Australia too. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> it's like. Um, we were super flexible. Um, and then throughout the job market, something really crazy happened. My dad got in a very bad car accident. Like, mm. I was on an interview, and he got in a car accident. And it, I, I got paused, and I was like, well, I need to – that really shook me up. And I was like, if something happened to my parents, like, we don't have – our parents don't need our support. Like, we don't have, like, older adults we're taking care of. Mm-hmm. But if something happened to them, I wanted to be in the place that we could get to them fast. And Ryan, like, when that happened, Ryan and I definitely took a pause and was like, actually – that's a good point. Australia might be too far. Australia right. might be a little hype. Just a little bit. Might be. I don't <laughs> yeah. know. Until we can start teleporting. That might be it. Right. When that happens, you Sign know how much up. I've wanted to teleport myself <laughs> while pregnant? <laughs> Look. Man. Somebody figure that out. Somebody, right. One of our listeners, please figure that out. You all the future. We'll send you a t-shirt if you figure out teleporting. <laughs> <laughs> we believe in you. You can do it. Um, but yeah. So things that were really important to me on the job cycle even after that happened was like, Whoa, gotta be able to get to the Maryland or North Carolina area ASAP. Mm-hmm. His family's from North Carolina, mine's in Maryland. Um, or a place, that, an airport that has like flights often. Yeah. Like I can't, I realize we cannot do that. No, no Gainesville Airport. No Gaines. I went, uh, <laughs> <laughs> not at all. We went in to be at a place that uh, allowed me to have the same type of impact I had before. I mentioned a li- briefly ago the Stack Overflow like mm-hmm. mentorship program. That was high impact, like it resulted yeah. in a paper that they were also authors on and like they were able to talk about the work I'm able to talk about the work publicly can't do that at some national labs right mm. can't do all those things I wanted to be at a place that supported me not to just do that but like to like enable me continue to enable me to do that type of collaboration um so do you feel like you got that yes yeah I have a couple of collaborations with people like at other organizations still so oh, that's really cool. like I talked to my collaborators at Overflow email the other day and like for other people too. So. So what is Microsoft Research? Yeah. So um, Microsoft Research is like this little research arm of, MS- of Microsoft. So we call it MSR mm-hmm. mostly, um, where it's a bunch of academics who do research at a company, at a tech company. Like literally, like that was actually one of my big things. I wanted to be at a place that allowed me to still do identity-based signals, mm-hmm. identity-based signals such as gender, dem- country demographic. Those things get messy. Yeah. You got to be able to, like, in order to find a solution, which I eventually find, uh, found an intervention for Stack Overflow, had to reveal some things first. We had to dig deeper. And I wanted to be at a place that allowed me to say that without censoring me. Yeah, because some places don't want your criticism. Yeah. yeah they just true. want a solution. Right. Yeah. And I'm like, well, they can't, how do we know if it's a real solution, if it's going to work, if we don't know what the problem is at first? Yeah. I was thinking, too, with uh, Microsoft had an issue like some years ago where they definitely should have employed some cultural research. Mm-hmm. Um, they had this AI bot. You probably know oh, that. That's Tay. Tay. Yeah. yeah. And it learned basically how to Tay be racist, dark. sexist, homophobic, <laughs> anti-Semite in 24 hours. They had to and, shut it down. Yeah. And what they yeah. allowed Tay to do was to learn how to speak, use machine learning, but. Mm-hmm 
but mm-hmm. based on Twitter. Mm-hmm. So when they piloted it, they piloted it in China. China mm-hmm. does not have free speech. Like you can't mm-hmm, say certain mm-hmm. things. So, okay, of course, Tay runs wonderfully in that place. So that's why you need researchers to be in there to say, actually, this is one use case. If we were to deploy it in a place like, let's say, American Twitter, <laughs> it's going to be all the way foolish. So, let's say Northeast, Southeast, anywhere on East Coast American yeah, Twitter. I'm, that's oh a little, little different breed Yeah, from need, the West Coast. I'm telling you. But yeah, we need all the research. Yeah. So like, I, it was important for me to be there I mean like the thing that I always said if people knows like that's I ask strategic question throughout the job cycle mm-hmm. like I have like questions about where do you see your vision as an organization in the next five years mm. like this one that was or like they're like oh the organization oh it's like what were what are the pillars of that drive research mm. in your organization because the goal here is that if my work doesn't fit into those pillars are you and I'm interview you're interviewing me but I'm also interviewing you essentially as well if my work doesn't align with that vision, that's also, or you couldn't come up with a, like a fake answer, at least for the next five minutes, <laughs> at least something to satisfy. That's a sign too. Like if that means like if you're, in, that's also a sign to see how does my work, does I, can I figure out how to make my work go with that? Is that going to help me get support like within the department organization I'm in as well? Um, and what does it look like for funding and collaborations? Like if people aren't here doing things like that. So that that's like, I had a lot of hidden questions like, or like, umbrella questions that kind of get up things like that Mm -hmm. um so that was important for me to ask about figuring out if i could still do identity-based type of work because Mm -hmm. obviously though the underlying work i'm focusing on gender and demographics but other things that come up as cultural nuance of how people engage how people feel comfortable communicating um and felt like they value that yes Yes. That's cool. Yeah. Did you did you have a hard time choosing or was it just Oh, I had a tough time choosing. I mean though I mentioned like a careers for my partner was important when I decided to place. Uh accessible, easy access to get to my family, broader impact projects. Um oh I didn't mention the main one was careers for my partner. That was like a big deciding factor at the end. That I didn't realize for him. Yes. Mm -hmm. So like um as in something that we didn't really or it wasn't a highlight of why we were selecting places to interview at until like towards the end of decision making time. Because the fact that my partner has a career in tech, that means that, and I'm in the tech area, like if he's in, it should be easier. It should right. be easier than if he, if they were, it should be right. Than if they're in like the arts, if right. you don't have a big art scene in the area. Right. Um, so Seattle had a big tech area. Mm-hmm. I guess to get, big wide impact because msr is like literally just faculty members who work <laughs> at microsoft i like i can't like it's kind of unfathomable to think this is a real place because i interviewed other places mm-hmm. i've interned other places i interviewed other places again and i was like yep you're still still just a tech company um which is cool <laughs> that's just some people jam that wasn't my jam i mean my, microsoft is that on the other side mm-hmm. msr main output is papers oh wow main output is papers like i still get evaluated like interns are like your student, like people, like it's important that they get something out of it. The main, it's important that your students come and get a paper out of it or some type of major outcome. That's cool. Yeah, one of my students was at MSR this past summer and ended up authoring a really, really nice paper with yeah. the folks he worked with. Yeah. So this is, this is a, as academic as research, as like as industry, industry research can, can get. Be. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Hmm. And that was important to me. So the reasons I didn't go to places I've interned at before, for that reason, actually. So for you, that main reason. You did research in other places, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. It, it wasn't the same caliber of research or? Yes. Okay. Yes. Because there's something that goes along with being able to be peer-reviewed by your community. Mm-hmm. You know, some type of checks and balances and ethical considerations and 
um, and I can, holding. I get that. And even feasibility. Feasibility. Yeah. Holding, you know, and there's something about having the physical item of a paper that it makes you distill all your thoughts, your implications. You have to be clear about what those things are, your results, your methodology. Um, that just writing a paper is, it kind of is helpful to get all those out. Mm-hmm. And so, it's an entity you can point people to. A what are, public what are some of the, like the the venues that you're submitting your work to? Yes. You? So I'm so my because my work I'm at the intersection of software engineering and human computer interaction. Okay. Um. So Sig Soft and Sig Chi. I publish at software engineering venues like FSE, which is Foundations of Software Engineering, mm-hmm. ICSI, which is International Conference of Software Engineering. But I also do the Sig Chi ones, such as. Chi, which is mm-hmm. you know the human computer under interaction main conference, the big one, the big one, yeah. um, and CSCW, so which is computer supported cooperative work. So the paper with Stack Overflow, I mentioned where they are authors on the paper and with the work that was published at Chi. Oh um, wow! So um, yeah, that's pretty cool. That's awesome. So um, in your mind, how does the work you're doing at Microsoft Research compare to the academic research that you've done? Would you say? They're like the same thing. Or yeah. is there some other process or thing that you have to use because you work for a company? Mm. So I think there's, it's the same work, same work. I would say that the process may be a little different about how we're actually choose to frame projects, like mm-hmm. publishing, like if I'm publishing a problem, I'm also publishing and describing solutions as well. Okay. Right. Being my, like being more explicit about that full cycle. Granted, I haven't, had any major like publications accepted since I joined, well, you right? Just, I just joined started. like in just September, but right. that's something that is in in the back of my mind mm-hmm. when I accept projects to work on. Um, because my work is, I, I primarily do things that are not related or not directly, very clearly to Microsoft bottom line. Mm-hmm. I have to draw the lines for people um, to talk mm-hmm. about the broader impacts for that work. So it gives me a little bit more flexibility um, between how it may impact tangible project for like tangible product for most people no that Mm. makes sense yeah yeah what um you know obviously you transitioned from academia to industry research so what skills did you learn in your phd that are like the most useful right now in your current role um oh i jokingly said this earlier code switching was one (laughs) i'm telling you code switching is a big one what's code switching girl (laughs) Code switching is when I'm not talking like this to everybody because they're blowing me. Right. And then I got like, okay, to take my saw and be like, well, where you academically had me effed up at was. <laughs> so I know, I got that. Got that too. Okay. So the, the main part is being you able to me. communicate my, I want to be able to, conflict resolution is where I feel like it comes in the most handy. Like, which is like, well, I want to be able to outlay, like lay out this evidence, being able to talk the way that they can hear me, which mm-hmm. was a big thing for me working, like when I talk about socio-technical ecosystems versus studying gender and black people in these online programming communities. So it could be more of us there, yeah. right? I have to be mindful of how I package the projects, which is the same thing, like packaging my research that I had to do towards the end of your dissertation. Mm-hmm. After me, you know, I'm being my, I already had that skill at this point. Yeah. Because I had to talk to different audiences about my work. Kyla and I talk about this every now and then, and we refer to it as the academic clapback. Yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. Most certainly terminology to use. Yeah. What you won't do. <laughs> and, um, I think per my last email. To get people together, <laughs> to gather them. Yes. You know, and all of their edges. All with, all with references and citations. Right. All of it. All of it. I've so, attached the last email and receipts. below. All the receipts. So, yeah, you know, every now and then. I got to yeah. figure yeah. out where that is. 
you know, which which terminology I need to use yes. to let you know what you won't do today, right? On this day, when you're speaking to me, <laughs> right? You're not embarrassing me out Facts. here. That's, that's the problem. So that's what you we won't get do. it. We get it. Yeah, absolutely. So that's been a big thing. I guess the other one is time management. Um, mm-hmm. for saying like no to projects. Actually, I'm kind of working on that right now, actually, which is <laughs> identifying which projects are worthwhile to pursue because mm-hmm. I'm still relatively new there. And, and everything is like a kid in a candy store. Everything <laughs> seems so cool. And it's hard. At this point, a lot of people are coming to me about projects, which is super like amazing, like crazy to even think about that. Um, and trying to figure out which ones are worthwhile for my energy right now, mm-hmm. which ones I can relay other people in. So actually, I've been finding myself to be more... I was a connector and I would say I'm somewhere of a connector in grad school. Mm-hmm. I would say that like, that's my superpower right now. Like people are asking me, Oh, do you know somebody for this? Or can you work on this? No, but I know this person who will kill this. Like right. they would knock this out the park. <laughs> um, and, and that's a skill. Cause you don't have to do everything. I don't have to do everything, but I think it's even valuable to say no. I mean, you don't have to say no, but do this other person. This is just another person. But if it's a no and I can suggest somebody that I know would like knock it out the park and also be helpful for them then I'm trying to do that as much as possible. So have you found community at Microsoft since you've been there? I know they have like employee resource groups. or Yeah. yeah. So they have like Black at Microsoft and they have like Mavens, which is like women in research at Microsoft. And I've been finding my community. I've mm-hmm. been finding it. And that's been helpful for me. And my community mostly looks like it's allies mm-hmm. because I'm like one of two black women who are researchers there. Like that's... Which is ridiculous. Which is just, you know, who like, I'm saying like researchers, like research how, how title. How big is, is that group? Of what? Researcher. Girl. There's a lab oh, in women. Boston. There's a lab in Montreal. There's a lab yeah. in Cambridge, yeah. India, China. Asking the question. Girl, this is a good question. Thousands. New England, New York. We're doing a, little, a lot of research ethics. Actually, other black women in New York, actually. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Oh, Redmond. There's a lab in Redmond. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it's all yeah. over. So, um. And there's Microsoft offices like in Africa, but I'm trying to, I'm pivoting my work to actually be on identity based signals of culture, like from emerging open source countries Mm -hmm. um, and where people are contributing from. So I'm hoping to um, get Get to the continent. Get to the continent. (laughs) That's pretty cool. Yeah. But you still feel supported even though there's so few. Yeah, I still feel, which is kind of weird, right? I I I think I have to attribute it to my team. I actually had a moment Mm. with one of um, the members of my team, which is one reason I even went to Microsoft. I didn't go to Microsoft Research. I went to work with my team, which is Saint. Wow. Um, I entered with the same people that are now my colleagues, my distinguished colleagues. And uh, I definitely, when we were on a trip recently, I definitely told my colleagues, I was like, thank you for making me feel like I'm like I'm supposed to be here. Like, I'm welcome. You don't treat me any different from, yes, I'm new. You don't treat me any different from because I look different or I sound different or because I'm a woman or because I'm black or anything like that. I, I don't feel... I feel supported versus when, you know, sometimes you have awkward conversations with people and they're like, oh, wow, you life must have been hard for you. Oh, wow. You have so many accomplishments. Right, you you're never, so articulate. You're so articulate. Oh. I'm like, Did I you just met you. English in the ghetto? <laughs> Bye. Okay. Let, let us move on. The ghetto? <laughs> I'm just thankful for that. I've, I've been I've been doing a lot of self-reflection and just being, I've been very thankful lately. So I've been basking this thankfulness. From PG County. Hey. To Raleigh. PG stand up. All the way to Seattle. Do you think Raleigh hey. prepared you for Seattle? Oh, yes. <laughs> yes, ma'am. But also, PG County prepared me for Seattle. Oh. Mm. Okay. 
I had a tribe of people pouring into me like before I even before I even recognized they were pouring into me. Wow. And I think when you go back, even when I go back to Raleigh and I go back to to Maryland and you, that's why I was talking about that being thankful part. I, I like I recognize that so much more now mm-hmm. and how my norms were different. Right. Like my yeah. my norms were different and and it prepared me for when people try to challenge my own norms and mm-hmm. um, and how to engage with others. And um, I'm I'm thankful for that. That's beautiful. Yeah, that's beautiful. Like, nor- I remember. I think I probably emailed you, Kyla. Like when I first found out that you, I think a news article came out that oh, you had yeah. graduated with your PhD yeah. from, Michigan. from Michigan. Yeah, and I was like, oh crap, she went to Oxen Hill. <laughs> Hill. That's one of the schools that's also a magnet program. And I think at the time, either I had just. I, applied or just started my PhD program. Yeah, it was like right at the beginning. Dog, yeah. I was like, that is crazy. Like, y'all out here. I was like, saying, we out here. There's more of you. There's so, PG County so many. Tech, stand up. There's so many. There's Robin. I can. I yep, know so many right, like people. So many of y'all who went to my same high school, by the way. Oh, yep, that's it. Yeah, there's like, there's so many people who I've known who, is most people like try to you know like, we'll talk about. There's not a lot of us yeah. in these spaces there are not a lot of us in these spaces there but there are people who came through the same pipeline that mm-hmm. i came through that's and cool. are killing it that's like really cool. like that is so true and it's crazy when i think about like oh yeah i know somebody in that field oh i know somebody yep. in there oh my friend who so-and-so is a doctor mm-hmm. <laughs> you don't know yeah. oh shoot you don't know nobody mm-hmm. dang yeah. you know there and there's not many of us but i feel like the community that i have tried to build and sustain um They've been out here getting it, and that's contagious. Like, that kind of spirit is contagious, too. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's nice to have, like, spaces where you have support. And, like, mm-hmm. that's, like, a community that you're always going to have. Like, that yeah. community of, like, this is where I'm from. Y'all know culturally what I went through. You know all mm-hmm. these details about my life. And that's kind of hard. Like, once mm-hmm. you get out into, like, the broader discipline that you choose to pursue, yeah. regardless of what it is. Yeah. Um, so anyways, uh, what if I don't have that? What if I don't have that kind of a background? How do you create these spaces where people feel welcome, where they feel safe? Yeah. Especially for women of color, black women specifically. This is very meta for one, because part of my dissertation work was like sub communities and created private safe spaces for technical Mm. knowledge sharing. So that's very meta. Um, for me, but also speaking from my personal experience and kind of related for that is having explicitly branded spaces that are just that. Mm. The Black Compute Her Conference is oh, exactly yeah. just that. L- explicitly Black Compute Her. I need, a, I need a shirt, actually. I got oh, yeah. <laughs> Where'd you make at? Jamaica. Hey, Jamaica. <laughs> get Jeremy a shirt. <laughs> Nesbitt is but just yeah. that. National yeah. Society of Blacks in Computing. Right. And explicit. I, yeah, explicit. Because for people who are new to that space, who don't already have their communities, it's like, well, I, I can find I can find them. Mm-hmm. I know where they are. Like, I can, I point to, to people. I, like, send a link to folks, and they're like, oh, I never knew this existed. And that's kind of, like, brain blast for them, like, mm-hmm. to connect, yeah. like, with people. Like, for example, I met somebody at maybe a CRA earned, which is like underrepresented minority and disability. Mm-hmm. They had like a conference. I met someone, another graduate student. She was a master's maybe at the poster session, like just walking around. I would do my poster session and you meet other people. And I was like, oh, hey, I haven't seen you before because, you know, you start to build your network. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, she was like, yeah, I'm thinking about a PhD program or grad school and all these or the next level of graduate school, whatever that looks like. Um, and I was like, oh, 
that's dope. You should, you, have you been to the, or you heard of this conference, Black and Be Here? I literally just went like a couple months ago mm-hmm. and it was so cool. They're doing this fellowship program. Like you should apply, like mm-hmm. you should apply. And I never met that girl again in my life, right? <laughs> and then um, I get to the black computer, or I found out that I like got selected to be a fellow. I was like, oh, Aww. that's cool. Yeah. And then I get there, and she's there Aww. as a fellow. That's and awesome. it's, it's like those one-off experiences that... Okay, maybe you okay, maybe you don't feel comfortable to going up to a group of strangers. But like if it's in like, you know, casually like one off easy to the dialogue because there may be someone else who is looking for the same community you are looking or you were once looking for and you may have that one tie to the next group for them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um so I think that's the like idea of like stepping out of your own comfort zone because in a way you find out that the people who really helped you or who would have helped you, they stepped out of their comfort zone to help you and in some ways you never know what people are going through. Yeah, that's true. No, that's so true. I didn't even think about it. like knowing stuff exists versus having someone explicitly say, "Hey, come to this thing." Yes, <laughs> I just met you, but come do this thing because there be are spaces. In this. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. yeah. I thought when you said that uh, when we talked about the safe spaces for women of color in mm-hmm. tech, I just envisioned a Stack Overflow, but called Ew. Black Overflow. Oh gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that would be kind of cool, though. (laughs) That would be kind of cool. I mean, there's been new communities. Like, there's, like, askquestions.tech that brands Mm -hmm. itself as an inclusive space to ask questions. Oh, that's cool. Um, There's, like, this following called, what, Black Tech Twitter. It's hashtag on Twitter. Mm -hmm. And um, one of the people, I think her name is, like, Paris Athena. She's been trying to, like, Mm consistently create this, like, community. Yeah. Like, they have. And asking for, like, resources to be submitted to it. And this, like, code new. I've been finding about all these, even, like, pivoting more from gender to culture. I'm finding a lot more about. These other, like, even they're smaller, which is, there's uh-huh. value added in the fact that they are smaller. Um, and you are identifiable. So, like, yeah. you hold yourself accountable by just because you're being yourself in these spaces. Like, code newbies. And these places kind of make it, it, it's explicitly stated as a space that's for help. Like, mm-hmm. and we have strong code of conduct when you don't, like, when you don't abide. So, same way, like, how Nesbic Black and Pure is a very protected space. Mm-hmm. Like, and the organizers protect it. They have their own implicit code of conduct, whether or not they have it written somewhere, they probably do, um, mm-hmm. about what the space is for. So when allies come in, or quote unquote allies, mm-hmm. they're not abiding by it. They're not here. They right. don't. They're not coming they back. Don't get an invitation back. And the same right. way for online communities, like the same way when people kick people out, the code of conduct, these guidelines that you, if you're participating in this community, you have to abide by them. They get kicked out too. Yeah, the uh, or they should code be of kicked out. Right? Is play games if you want to. Yeah, That's the but you're not gonna be here for long. <laughs> no man. Oh my goodness. So, Anyways, yeah. oh, Danae, thank you so yes. much. So for so glad you're able to come. Thanks um, for having me. How do we? How do people find? Yes, y'all can find me on the Twitters. I am <laughs> Danae Ford Robin, so D E N A E F O R D R O B I N on Twitter. Um, or you could just, all these things are look linked from my website, which is DanaeFord.me. So, she yeah. got a dope website. Yes, yeah, she does. <laughs> Thanks, guys. <laughs> and we're starting myself. I did. See, Jeremy says I do all the voices. <laughs> you do all the voices. I do have a lot of voices, and I think it helps that I'm kind of sleepy from like hot yoga this morning. So it's kind of that's I, this is my fear. That's so I was like, I'm gonna get real candy. I'm gonna get a little too loose. But no, that's right, no, that's what we want. That's what we want. Cool. <laughs> that was coffee in her cup, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's coffee or right. tea. Yes. Tea. yes. Yeah. As always, you can find us on our website at modernfigurespodcast.com, where you can also purchase items from our online store. Send us questions via email at askus at modernfigurespodcast.com. The podcast is also on social media. Just search for Modern Figures Podcast. 
And you can find Kyla and I on Twitter. Kyla is at Dr. Underscore Kyla. And I'm at Jeremy Waysom. Until next time, stay hydrated, moisturized, and protect your peace. peace.